Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition Podcast, which is brought to you by the Peanut Butter and Jelly Soda Company. Yes, Peanut Butter and Jelly Soda, for the times when you want to enjoy the great taste of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, just like Mom used to make when she was exhausted. But when you don't have a knife handy to cut the crusts off. This podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion, a sermon from another Wells sister church. Today's sermon is from our home church right here in Bemidji and is based on selected verses from 1 Peter chapter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you were insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing these same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And now, let's join Pastor Z for today's meditation. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, our risen and ascended Lord, Amen. If you're walking through the uh, Serengeti in Africa, what do you expect to see? Giraffes and some wildebeests and a zebra or two. But what else is most definitely there? Lions? Hyenas? Other big cat predators? If you're walking through the Serengeti and you're dragging a stake behind you, what should you expect to happen? Maybe one of those big animals to chase you down and come after you. It shouldn't come as a shock. If we're walking on the same path as the Lord Jesus, what should we expect to see? What should we not be surprised to experience? Consider what St. Peter says in the opening line of this section of Scripture. He says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Peter's talking about the persecution that existed in the ancient church. 
At the time of writing, Christianity was not even recognized as illegal religion within the Roman Empire. And it made it incredibly easy for Christians to become a scapegoat or a punching bag for society. Perhaps uh, maybe some of you have uh, recall the, the rather famous story of the Roman Emperor Nero burning down a large chunk of the city of Rome. And not just some like outlier suburb, but a piece of property that was right next to the Trajan Amphitheater, the, the big Colosseum. And what did he do? Spun the narrative so it, the Christians got blamed. Can you imagine experiencing that? Can you imagine the homeowners or the business owners? The people that had to experience the, the, the anger and the heat and the vitriol of the people in that city who had a, a wonderfully state-sponsored punching bag to go after. Christians couldn't even worship in the open. They had to go down beneath the city streets into the catacombs where the dead were buried and had to have church down there. Throughout the years in the ancient church, there was a fiery ordeal that was quite literally a fiery ordeal. As Christians who were caught or exposed were oftentimes rounded up and fed to starving animals in amphitheaters around the empire or as the famous, um, uh, the famous disciple of St. John, a man by the name of Polycarp, experienced uh, literally being burned at the stake. What Peter says in the opening lines of our text for today are nothing short of a rebuke. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised, he says. Imagine yet how surprised or shocked or nervous or scared those Christians felt. People like you and I with friends and family and homes and lives. People who were moved by the power of the Word and the washing of the water in baptism, moved by the power of the Holy Spirit to believe the message preached to them as we have been, but in many cases, suddenly, now their peace of mind, their lives, the creature comforts that they enjoyed, their homes, were demanded of them. Don't be surprised, Peter says at this. Rather, Peter reminds them, rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. He reminds them of, in these words, really of what Jesus taught. Remember what I told you, Jesus said. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey, will obey yours also. So Peter doesn't coddle these Christians. He doesn't look at them and say, I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. He doesn't say anything of the like. He says, rejoice in this. Rejoice in as much as you share in the sufferings of Christ. You are being made more like your Savior. Don't be surprised. And as He went, as your Savior went, we're walking, if believers are walking on the same path as our Savior did, we who follow Him will go through the same things. Don't be surprised at what happens 
along that way. But Peter doesn't end on a rebuke. He reminds his ancient readers of where that path leads. Because if it leads to suffering, if it leads to earthly difficulty and pain or anxiety, it also leads to glory. And when you see it, you will be overjoyed because it will surpass anything and everything that we know now. It'll make these struggles, even the struggles of an ancient Christian losing their home and their life or, or being rounded up or being put on public display and shamed in an amphitheater, it'll make even that seem insignificant compared to the glory that will be revealed. Look forward to being surprised on that day as the glory that the believer receives in Christ will surpass anything that this world knows. You know, that type of persecution that the ancient church faced. It might seem far away from us, but a quick Google search will render uh, that Christians, the Christian religion, is still, believe it or not, the most persecuted religion in the world. There are 145 countries around the world where Christianity is illegal. Where you cannot worship in the open. Where Christians are regularly subjected to physical harassment, harm to their livelihoods, torture, and death. Specifically, because of their faith in Jesus. In America, we still have the freedom to worship how we please. In America, we are not yet systematically being hunted down and murdered for our faith. That's not something that we can lay a, a claim on. More often than not, I think we suffer more in our minds as we turn on the TV or we turn on the radio or we look through social media, and we see society falling into the moral garbage can, and we fear what that might mean for ourselves or our children or our grandchildren, and yet still, not all, but by and large, what we label as persecution oftentimes, we can easily swipe or click or turn off or tune out. But even that anxiety, that living in, the, in a world like this, Peter does address. He says, cast all your anxiety, all of it, cast all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Understand that the uncertainty of our time or the moral decay that we see going on around us, none of it. None of it will overcome the Gospel. <coughs> Don't be surprised at sin in a sin-stained world. Rather, as the psalm writer beautifully puts it, be still and know that I am God. But what of the persecution that we do face? That we are familiar with? If you're a student that's going to a public school, a high school, or a college. 
Or maybe you're going out into the workplace for the first time. Or maybe you've been in the workplace for many, many years and you look around and you realize that this is true. Whatever the case, you find out real quick that spiritually speaking, you are in the minority. You might be shamed. You might be unpopular because of what you believe about creation or evolution or sexuality or gender or abortion or prayer or the fact that the Bible is in fact God's inspired Word. When you face that rejection, don't be surprised. We can't expect those who don't have the same Holy Spirit-given faith to believe or to act or even have the same values as you and I do. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. But in order to be insulted for the name, what do you have to do first? Speak it. Share it. Live as a Christian. Make your faith known. Or in one word, evangelize. With those in your school. With those in your workplace. Even in your home or in your family. Peter encourages his readers, be alert and of sober mind. Why? Because Satan will make us make or, 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 or cause us to doubt and make every kind of excuse that we can. Uh, it'd be better if I just blended in. It'd be better if I just avoided the difficulty that would make me uncomfortable. It'd be better if I just kept by myself. Better that I just keep the world over at arm's length and isolate myself. Make my own little fort and hope that nothing comes in rather than go out as we are commanded to do. Satan would love for nothing more than Christians to quietly believe under a rock. But Christians are on offense. We can't use the excuse that we are introverts. We can't use the excuse that I'm afraid of an argument that I can't win. We can't use the excuse that, well, what if somebody says something that, that, I don't, I, I, that, that makes me question or doubt or, 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 or lose my faith? We can't use the excuse, I don't know if I'll say the right thing. Evangelism, sharing the faith, isn't my gift. We can't use that excuse. We can't say that it's for somebody else to do. Or there's people in the church, we have, a, we have a, an evangelism committee, they'll take care of it. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. If we're on the same path as Jesus, and we're following in His footsteps, what should we expect? Don't be surprised at any of those things. It's not an excuse. This is how the devil makes us afraid to make us think that we're the weak ones. To make us think or act or carry out ministry from a perspective of nothing more than fear. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as St. Peter says here, resist Him. Standing firm in the faith because you know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Or as St. Paul says to young pastor Timothy, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 
And there it is. Don't be surprised. Evangelism is nobody's gift. I heard a really great illustration the other day. I'll share it with you. Think of a, think of a runner who's bolting down the track at the last leg of a race. The tongue is sticking to the roof of his mouth. Arms are getting shaky. Sweat's dripping down the back. The, the, the knees are getting weak. And yet, there's the ribbon. There's the finish line. He sees it in front of him. And he, cro- he just gives everything that he's got in the last minute. Pulls ahead of the pack. Breaks that ribbon. Wins the race. He's standing there just doubled over after the race. Asking for water. What would happen if you went up to such a person you put their hand on your back and you said, hey, congratulations. Congratulations. You are so naturally gifted. What do you think he might say to you? Gifted? Gifted? No. Do you know how many hours of exercise and training and eating right and being healthy in early mornings and late nights, how much self-discipline it's taken for me to just cross that line to get to this moment, to win that race. It wasn't just, I, I, I'm just quicker. No, I trained harder. I worked harder. I trained my body. Self-discipline. That's what make, made me win that race. Didn't come as a natural gift. And so the illustration is this that no Christian that shares their faith shouldn't expect to just have it easy or to have it just roll off the tongue or to be naturally gifted in it. A Christian who's following in the same path as Jesus and sharing and teaching the faith in their school, in their workplace, in their home can expect hardship, difficulty, persecution. We're called to faith not for ourselves. We're called to go out there and share that faith despite the hardship and the difficulty and the persecution because we're following in the same footsteps as Jesus. Don't be surprised. And the question then is, is it worth it? Is it worth the pay cut? Is it worth the shame? Is it worth... Um, and not getting a promotion at a job? Is it worth a difficult conversation with my kids? Is it worth acting like a Christian parent instead of trying to preserve a facade of a relationship? And maybe my kid doesn't like me for a month or two because of something I said. Is it worth the loss of a long-time friend because you no longer share the same spiritual values? Is it worth the loss of comfortability? Is it it worth the loss of creature comforts or complacency? And the answer that St. Peter gives to you and I this morning, his inspired words with a resounding and unequivocal, yes, it's worth it. Think of how God called and led and preserved His people down through the ages from generation to generation. Think of how this saving faith This Holy Spirit-born faith got to you because somebody somewhere down the line was bold enough to spite the devil 
was alert and of sober mind and spoke that word that created faith in the heart of one of your ancestors, or maybe you're the first. Maybe you're the first one and you know this well already. Think of how your Savior Jesus gave everything, gave all, was abandoned by His closest friends and shamed more than anyone in the world on the cross. Why? To save you and I from our own weakness. To show us the truth behind these inspired words of Peter. The God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ. And after you've suffered a little while, just like Jesus did, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Just like He did with Jesus. We're walking the same path as the Lord walked. We suffer many of the same things. The shame and the persecution that the Lord suffered. But that means we're walking also on that exact same road to glory in heaven where there is no shame, no tears, no hurt, no hunger, no danger, no sword, and no end. Don't be surprised at sufferings in the world. Rather, in all things, praise the Lord. To Him be power forever and ever. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day.